Hello, St. Bart's. Welcome. It is the second Sunday after Pentecost. And remember, we are talking about our vision and values. Today, we're discussing hospitality. Uh, I also want to remind you that in June, the last month of our fiscal year, 10% of all of our contributions will be diverted to our COVID relief fund. As you can tell, I'm excited. I'm not exactly sure why, but I hope you're excited too. I'm excited to see you. I'm ready, ready for a life to move back towards what we might call normal. And I also want to call your attention to see these bad boys. It's ordinary time. So we're moving into a new season, a long season, and what can be a very mundane and boring season. But I hope that together we will pursue the Lord and behold Him and become more and more like Him. Welcome. Don't forget to download your bulletin, print it off, whatever you want to do, and let's worship together today. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouths shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.
must be known by our love in every word in every deed honor the sun let our light shine in every eye let us be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today's first lesson is from Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. 
for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. The Word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. And as you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God in heaven, we thank you for your love for us, for your wisdom, and for your move towards us, and that you are moving towards us creates an environment of hospitality where truly you welcome us into your kingdom, into your presence, and Lord, ultimately you welcome us into your life for the rest of time. So we thank you for that. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and welcome on this second Sunday after Pentecost. We're in ordinary time, as I so winsomely mentioned earlier in my welcome. And we want to talk today about hospitality. We're going through our vision and values, as often we do, in the month of June. 
And last week we, we talked about authenticity, the image of God. We spoke specifically about relationships uh, with race and people that are different than us and how really all of our treatment of others and the treatment of ourselves is based on how God views us and really God's divine creation of us. And so it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise to you today that hospitality again will be rooted in God. It's rooted in God's hospitality and as we'll see it's rooted in God's mission to us. So let me jump right in, shall we? God has welcomed us, says our value of hospitality, and he has called us to himself. So we, the people of St. Bart's, invite the people of East Dallas to connect with God and his people. And our prayer for the value of hospitality is that great prayer from morning prayer, the prayer for mission, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. Amen. And so we see that hospitality is rooted in God's act of mission. And really, it's if you think of the cross and the resurrection as this one act, it's, it's God's ultimate act of not only mission, but hospitality in welcoming us. So our acts of hospitality are rooted in God's gracious action of mission. For example, think about the things that we do here at St. Bart's, the things that you and I love, the things that we're desperately wanting to return to, our St. Bart's Fest in early September, our Advent party, um, anytime we have a fellowship dinner or public theology, or really anything we do, we always do it with a mind to welcome people. In fact, every Sunday worship service, that's why it's so difficult and grievous not to be meeting together, but every service, especially as it's centered around the sacrament of Holy Communion, to which I'll return in a moment, every service is centered around this act of hospitality and it invites, we invite ourselves, or we receive God's invitation to us to come into his presence, and we invite others to connect with God, to be grafted in to his divine life. And God's act of mission we see the cross, but without the cross, without the incarnation, there would be no cross. So God's act of mission in the incarnation, whereby the eternal word and only begotten Son of God, you realize that before Christ was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit, he was still eternally begotten of the Father, dwelling in power and might in heaven with him. So in this act of mission, where the eternal word and only begotten Son of God becomes man for us and was crucified, raised again on the third day, ascended into heaven, pours out the Holy Spirit. He's coming again in great power and triumph and glory to judge the living and the dead. That's all strangely dependent on human participation. Think about that for a minute. What has to happen for the incarnation to happen? Well, there's a woman, Mary, and isn't it beautiful that God chose a woman? We look back to the garden. We think of Adam and Eve. We remember Adam created from the dust of the earth. God breathes the divine breath into Adam to bring him to life. And to create Eve, God puts Adam into sleep, creates Eve out of Adam's side. 
and they are together, they're in the garden. It's, it's, it's perfect in a sense. So now we have this other woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary, this new Eve. And the church, we mentioned this from time to time, the church decided in the Council of Ephesus in 431 that Mary would be called the Theotokos, which is Greek for the God-bearer. So Mary had to say yes to God for the incarnation to take place. And we know that the angel Gabriel was sent to Mary to announce to her, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is the plan. And Mary says, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to his word. So she says yes, so that this sequence of events in the incarnation, Christ's life and ministry, the sending out of the 12 that we heard about in, in the lesson today, the gospel lesson, the crucifixion, the birth of the church, etc., all is, uh, depends upon, to a certain extent, human participation. Our acts of hospitality, which are rooted in God's acts of hospitality and mission, have to have a human element to them, have to have human participation to them. They ask us to say yes, so that through us, God can offer his invitation of hospitality. But notice that Gabriel was sent to Mary. And in a sense, Mary was sent. And Christ was sent to us. And Christ sent the apostles. In fact, the word apostolos in Greek means sent ones. And mission means sent in Latin. We quickly realize, when we think about that, that in God's divine and providential plan of salvation, he has sent himself to conduct these acts of hospitality. So this word, God's son, was sent to his own people. The 12 were sent and so on and so forth. And someone was sent to you and to me. Someone in whom God's grace and hospitable mission was embodied came to you. Think about that for a minute. Who was that person that embodied God's hospitality in such a way that they were like a God-bearer to you in word and in deed, a parent, a teacher, a friend, a stranger. I have one friend who grew up in a, in a Muslim family in a Muslim country and an angel spoke to him in a dream. Maybe an angel spoke to you to bear forth God's hospitable action of mission. And when we ask ourselves the question, who was sent to us, and we reflect on that, we inevitably think, well, who is God sending us to in order to engage in the hospitality of his kingdom? That they might be welcome to God and called to himself as our value is defined. We know, we know, that God has made us, St. Bart's, a hospitable people. We hear it from the, the reports of people as they experience life together. This value is, is a very real and tangible value. It's not something that we, we do aspire to continue to be that way and to grow in that and flourish in that. But we also know that hospitality 
is a real and tangible value. So God has made us, St. Bart's, a hospitable people in order to welcome, to connect, to graft in the people of East Dallas with God and his people. And that's at the very heart of our vision. We gather others together. We point them to the cross so that together we all might behold God and become more like him. As St. Paul says, to be transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory. The primary way that this happens is in the grace-charged actions of the sacraments. Think for that. Think about that for a moment. Holy baptism, Holy Eucharist, water, bread, and wine. Here, we come in direct contact with God in His uncreated grace as it transforms water. It's still water, bread and wine. It's still bread and wine, but to us, it is the body and blood of Christ. The waters of baptism are like the waters of the flood, burying us with Christ, raising us again with His resurrection. These issue forth from the crucified and the risen one. In other words, the, the source of this grace is God himself. Think about an icon or a picture of Christ being crucified. Or think about the gospel accounts where his side is pierced and from his side pours forth water and blood. We remember Adam put into a deep sleep, and from his side is brought forth Eve. Well, the, the church fathers saw the blood and the water flowing forth from the side of Christ as the birth of the church, a sign of the sacraments. As Jesus said to Nicodemus on that night, recorded in John 3, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot be born again. So we see a sign of the sacraments coming forth from Christ's side to give birth to the church, this people of mission, this hospitable people. And ultimately, like Mary, like the Twelve, like Christ, that is our work of hospitality, to point our families, our friends, our neighbors, total strangers, everyone to whom we are sent as a people to point them to the risen and crucified one, that they may behold him and become more like him. So people of St. Bart's, in this time of pandemic, in this time of turmoil, fix your gaze steadily, unswervingly on the crucified and risen one. Remember that we have been created, we have been birthed into his church, that we have his grace living in us, transforming us, and we have an opportunity in the grace of God, in the love of God, in hospitality, to point others to our Lord Jesus Christ, that together we might behold and become more like our God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Stand with me if you would. Get off that couch or recliner, whatever's your preference. Let's say together the Nicene Creed found in your bulletin on page three. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A prayer for justice. Almighty God, you created us in your own image. Grant us grace to contend fearlessly against evil and to make no peace with oppression. And help us to use our freedom rightly in the establishment of justice in our communities and among the nations. To the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, from whom all good proceeds, grant us the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may always think those things that are good and by your merciful guidance may accomplish the same through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever, amen. And now let's take a moment to intercede for the world around us. Be silent and still for a moment and notice what brings weight to your heart. we heard that Jesus saw the people, how they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he was moved with compassion for them. That is the same compassion that would send him to the cross, to be raised up, that he might draw all people to himself. Lord, we lift up the turmoil in our country right now We pray for the coronavirus pandemic, for those who are sick, for those who are serving and working. Have mercy on us, Lord. We pray, Lord, for the racial turmoil in our country right now, especially in light of the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others. 
we pray that you would have mercy on us. Grieve with those who grieve, Lord Jesus. Mourn with those who mourn. Lord, we pray for Christian leaders everywhere to know how to navigate both the turmoil of this current situation racially and for public health. Have mercy on us. And God, more than anything, we pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We confess and we acknowledge and we put our hope in your kingdom that is above any nation. And we give you great thanks and praise that we are citizens of that heavenly kingdom. And we eagerly await our Savior who will come to us. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Hmm. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you. And you've promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now glory to God, whose power working in us can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be safe. Be well. Stay connected to the Lord, to each other as best you can, people of St. Bart's, and we'll see you soon.